civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Gary. Gary, have you wired it up? This is not a test. Okay, let's get going. This is Free Yorkshire Radio. Hello and welcome to Free Yorkshire Radio. Gary has found an old arc reactor that, if it's faulty, could end up tearing a hole in the space-time fabric, but, more importantly, should provide us with the energy we need to produce yet another essential programme for Free Yorkshire Radio. OK, Gary, turn it on. Well, it looks like it's working, so on with the show. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip, and we'll be bringing you all the latest government-approved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation-states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was early 21st century Britain. In this episode, we'll be having an exclusive chat with Horatio Ebenezer Gardenshed about his plans to revive the work of a little-known playwright called Wilma Snakespeare. And there'll be a sneak behind the scenes at Skelmanthorpe Airport Air Traffic Control. But first, here's an important government update on some alterations to our daily Yorkshire Pledge of Allegiance. As we all know, all citizens from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire look forward to beginning every day at 6am by bellowing the Yorkshire Pledge of Allegiance into their government-approved listening device. This pledge forms the bedrock of our nation and instills in all of us our great traditions of freedom, fairness and justice, which is why missing even just one recital is considered an act of treason punishable by death. In their wisdom, the government has added a few alterations to make the pledge even more inspiring and it reads as follows. I pledge my allegiance to King Geoffrey VI of Yorkshire and the government of his glorious free republic. How come the republic also has a king? because this is Yorkshire and we do what we like. I pledge to never wince in disgust when chewing on some lovely swamp mongrel stew, and I pledge never to complain about stinging lips when slurping down some delicious nettle soup. When buying something, I pledge to always blurt out, how much, regardless of the actual price. I pledge to refuse to ever talk about my feelings, no matter how much it feels like my own head might explode. And here are the new bits. I also pledge my allegiance to the members of our glorious government, regardless of how many work functions they attended during the latest zombie outbreak, even if they did include dancing, booze and a raffle, and regardless of how many contracts they awarded to businesses run by their own clones, and regardless of how many times they claim that they're not responsible for the health service crisis, even though I've personally seen them mug nurses and let down the tyres on ambulances. Ah. Isn't it nice to not have to worry about whether the government is corrupt or not? Because now we know that they definitely are. Okay, and now on with the rest of the show. Yorkshire enjoys a rich cultural life with events across the country ranging from swamp mongrel juggling all the way through to swamp mongrel jousting. But I've heard rumours of a man in Beverly who's reviving the work of a little-known playwright called Wilson Snackspear, and I decided to find out more. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. So I'm just getting to the outskirts of Beverly now. 
and I'm looking for number 23 which is Horatio's house oh well it must be that one with the proscenium arch over the doorway I'm just coming up now to ring the doorbell That's a nice doorbell. Oh, hello, hello, it's Lloyd Becklesnip. I'm here from Free Yorkshire Radio. Come to see about your Shakespeare stuff. Welcome, welcome to my humble, humble abode. Yeah, it is, but I like what you've done with the archway. It's very theatrical of the laurels and the little smiley mask. And is that a sad mask? No, it's it's an angry mask. And they've also got the lurgy. Yes, it does seep a bit, doesn't it, that one? You can see the sores on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's based on real life. Is that actual real lurgy pus? It, it is. I'll keep my distance then, if that's all right with you. Probably a good idea. But Mr Ebenezer, we're here to find out all about your mission to resurrect, well not literally resurrect, we don't want any more zombie outbreaks, but to resurrect the memory of this fabled figure, is it Willard Shakespeare, if I got that right? No, Willie. Willie. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Willie Shakespeare, that's right. He was from just down road in Brough. He spent most of his formative years in Hull. That's where he learnt his trade to be a wordsmith. Not a blacksmith or an ironsmith, he's a wordsmith. So he batters and bends words to his will. To his willie. Okay, and it's your mission to bring his word back to Yorkshire. So how are you planning on doing that? Basically, we've tried to recover all his books, but they were all lost in the great book burning of 2035. It was a very cold winter. I, I will admit myself, I burnt at least five complete works over the course of that winter, uh, but they did keep us warm for a good few days each. Got us through those dark days. I burnt quite a few Bibles myself, which didn't go down too well in my neighbourhood. But, you know, needs must. I personally burnt quite a number of The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe and The Wardrobe. Yeah, and I had already burnt mine long before the winter of 35, just from boredom. They were pretty tedious. You're absolutely right there. You're absolutely right. So do come in. Do come in. So you've got plans for a, a tour this autumn. So how is that going to work? As you're aware, I am the only performer of Willie Shakespeare's work. Uh, nobody else really is aware of him. Uh, so hopefully my very good friend, Kevin will be coming with me and we'll be wheelbarrowing around the country. You've managed to secure yourself a wheelbarrow. You must have got a government grant for that. But you've got Kevin. Is there any chance we could meet this Kevin? Yes, you can. He runs his little allotment just out the back. So if you come through me small holding in the back garden, just mind the ditch and the runnel of raw sewage. That must be good for the allotment, that sewage. It is. It's very good, actually. You're lucky to have an open sewer. Mine's been shut off recently, and the allotment are up in arms about it. So is that Kevin there? That is him. He's... Ploughing the field by himself. That's right. Kevin? Kevin? Yes? Stop the digging. Do you want these turnips up, sir? No, no, I don't need the turnips up yet. We're not ready for turnips. Not yet. Now, at the moment, we've got a visitor. Oh, 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 visitor. Are they they nice and uh, soft? Well, I haven't tried. So are you soft, Beckinsnip? 
Well, I have, you know, a bit of middle-aged spread going on, but I, I like to keep in shape. Now, Kevin, don't touch Beckinsnip. Oh. Don't touch him. I'm a radio personality, so no poking. It's not appropriate. Can I, can I, can I poke him with a stick, sir? No. Oh. If he wants to touch the hem of my garment, that would be acceptable. As long as he doffs his hat as he does it. Touching, touching your, your skin would be nice, sir. Kevin. Well, with the amount of lurgy that's been going around here, I'm really not comfortable with that kind of contact, I'm afraid. I've just had the pus cleared up, sir, so I think, yes, ha, that, that, might, that might be wise, yes. So this is your partner is going to be helping you bring back the magic of Willie Shakespeare by touring the country with your wheelbarrow of props. What's going to be the first production of your tour? It's some of the histories, I thought. So we were thinking of Ricard... The third, which is a classic. So that would be where someone called Rick gets trapped in a tower, the Nakatomi Tower, and has to fend off the evildoers. So Shakespeare's a big Bruce Willis fan, was he? He was, he was. He was a very big Bruce Willis fan. But do you know what? I have a vest, sir. I have a vest. Ooh, I can wear my vest, sir. Yeah, you can. And your trousers, but you're not allowed your shoes. OK, sir, yes. Broken glass. Excellent. Yes, I'll be up for that. Anything that's seeping, anything that's seeping is, I'm, I'm, yes, yes, lovely, lovely. So our our work, as you can see, it's not exactly the plays as they were. It's as we remember them. We pull a lot of, uh, what's the word? Um, Inspiration. That's the word. Inspiration from many sources, mostly from Shakespeare, but also from Willis. We also work, because one of his favourite muses was Angelina Jolie. And so we get quite a lot of ideas from her canon of work. So it might not make any sense spoken, but it's going to look good. That is exactly right. I liked it when we had the other one, the comedy of enemas. I liked that one. I like the comedy of enemas as well, yes. Particularly good, the enema scene. Obviously, the open sewer you have in your back garden seems to be good practice for that because I've heard the stage performers of that basically turning whatever theatre you're in into an open sewer with a variety of tubes and warm water and bathing salts and whatnot. So it's quite the visceral experience. And when you say you're bringing them back to life, this is what we're talking about. You're not going to just hear it and see it. You're going to smell it. You're going to taste it. You're going to feel it. Oh, touch. I like I like touching it, sir. You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. What a fascinating chat that was, and we'll hear more from Mr Gardenshed later in the programme. But first, in the latest in our series of visiting workplaces in Yorkshire, we're off to hear what happens behind the scenes at Skelmanthorpe Airport Air Traffic Control. And I'm delighted to say that I am at the air tower itself. I'm just climbing up the stairs now as the view gets finer and finer over the Skelmanthorpe Airport. And I'm going to get a special guided tour from Ralph Bogglethwaite. Ralph, thank you very much for letting me see your inner sanctum. Lloyd! Ah, welcome. Welcome to our eerie just off the ground. Yes, we must be at least, what, 20, 25 feet in the air here? It's quite the structure that they've built here at Skelmanthor Airport. Lloyd, we are 37 feet up in the air. Most of it admittedly made of milk crates, but we are 37 feet up. It's one of the highest points around the whole of Skelmanthorpe. 
Do you need special training to be able to work at this height? Are there any oxygen masks available or do you get vertigo pills to avoid that kind of thing? Sadly, no. No, you don't get drugs. What you do get is the thrill of working on top of a massive mound of milk crates. Especially in the high wind, the singing, the weeding and the, the wobbling from side to side. That's what that sound is. We can hear the keening in the background. It's got an eerie, angelic tone to it, hasn't it? Sometimes we just sit here and listen for hours. That would be one of the big accident days, would it? No more than usual. Okay, more land than don't. That's the ambition, certainly. That is the ambition, yes. And so, how long have you been working here? Oh, I've been here, man and boy. I I came here on a school trip and effectively, I never left. It was a fascination, you see, the fascination with the bleeps and the blings and, and that thing on the roof that goes round and round, even though no one's entirely sure why anymore. And the planes, I mean, they're coming in from like Norwich. I know, it's the exotic adventure of place names like Norwich and Luton, Exeter, even Exeter. And you say you were a trainee here, so you're well-schooled in the expertise that it takes to be a Yorkshire air traffic controller. Well, we say training. I mean, you know, it's not that much to pick up. The thing on the roof goes round and round, and that thing over there goes ping. Okay, and so how do you actually guide the planes and balloons and zeppelins and whatnot through the airspace? We do a lot of shouting. Okay. And we're a dab hand at semaphore. Right. Sadly, most of the people on the planes aren't. And I saw a few strings with the little cups attached at the end. Are they still used? No, no. We didn't get very far with them on account of a shortage of string 30,000 feet long. Ah, yes. That's quite a big spool. So semaphore and shouting. And obviously, you can get other planes to pass on a message. So if you've got a plane going nearby, you could shout to them and say, look, if you see the balloon going to Sunderland, tell him to go to 25,000 feet. You see? You see? You think it's reasonable. But can you convince the pilots to do it? Oh, with their excuses. We're six miles up in the air, they say. We'll suffocate, they say. We're going at 300 miles an hour. How much shouting do you think we can get done in that time? Bloody defeatists, a lot of them. Ah, right. So what are the possible solutions to this? Can we spray paint messages on the side of the planes or some sort of hypnosis? They just need to shout faster. I don't care if you're doing a combined speed of 700 miles an hour. You can get that message out. Mm. Come on, show a bit of initiative, honestly. But of course, we're here today to celebrate the very exciting opening of a new flight route to the Isle of Man. I mean, that's... An actual destination, yes. That does make a nice change. Rather than just flying until the petrol runs out. Yes, thinking that's a nice place to land. That's the air route now. Sorry, passengers. But, you know, you've been in a plane. What are you complaining about? So, but yes, the Isle of Man. We've got trade routes to establish because they are very short on Yorkshire pudding in the Isle of Man. It's a very difficult thing to boat in because it keeps getting wet and we'll be getting some... uh, Seaweed. Seaweed. Maybe it's a nice change from nettles, I don't know. Indeed. Maybe it'll be swamp mongrel and seaweed. Now, there's a mash-up cuisine that we can look forward to. Ah, yeah. We just have to figure out how to get over Lancastrian airspace without being shot down. Ah, yes. What are the solutions to that? To be fair to them, they only actually have one anti-aircraft missile. Okay. And it doesn't actually work very well, and as it's only the one, they're quite keen not to lose it. So, there's only so far they can throw it. 
So as long as you fly above, say, about eight feet, we should be safe. Excellent. And is there anything we can drop on them whilst we're going over? Seaweed. There we go. They'll be slipping about everywhere. They might have snapped ankles. And green stains on their claws. Oh, seaweed's an absolute nightmare to shift, so it is. Cold seaweed. Don't talk about it. You've clearly been there, Lloyd. You've clearly suffered. I did a coastal report last year and, well, I, yeah, I, I, I slipped into a an absolute valley of seaweed. I thought I was a goner. I'm getting flashbacks as we as we talk, actually. The, 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 the tendrils, the Oh, no. No. Oh, no, no. Stop, stop, man, stop. If you go into crisis, we've got to get yourself down 37 feet of milk crates. Don't you dare. Okay, Let's no, stretch no, you on okay. Eye. I've got my breathing. I've got my breathing. I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Breathe into this bag. Okay. <sighs> Doesn't do anything. He just looks funny. Okay, yeah, everyone's laughing now. I feel better. Okay. Okay, so we have many young listeners tuning in. They'll be very excited to be hearing about the thrilling career that is air traffic control. If you were wanting to persuade the bright young youth of Yorkshire to follow in your path, what would be your pitch to them? It's a piece of cake, really. There's no skill to it at all. You just walk out into your garden and you shout at the sky, bugger off. That's pretty much it, really. All right. Rather than getting all the kids to come here, we could get a network of kids shouting throughout the country. That's how you get the messages to planes further away. Kids will do anything for a couple of swamp mongrel sticks of rock. It will. A little mongrel stick in one hand and a megaphone in the other, because we're not monsters, you know. We do like to help our youngsters. And just shout at the sky in unison, bugger off! Which, you know, is, is what you want to say to planes coming in from Norwich. Indeed. As long as you plan the route properly, you can have the kids in the right area just buggering them off to the airport. That'll work. Oh, now you're getting complicated. What planning ahead is a bit too complicated for air traffic control. So you just like to wing it, if you'll excuse the pun. If you'll excuse the pun. I see what you did there. <laughs> I have no idea why you did, but you did it anyway. Yeah, I know we just sit here watching them. I wish I'd bugger off out the window. And so we're getting a little insider look at the lingo that you use, all the little phrases. Each trade and craft has its own side language. So one of the main ones is bugger off. So as an example, if you had a plane and a balloon straying towards each other, would bugger off be your go-to phrase? Well, what else are you going to say? Pop in for a cup of tea. Come on, sit on top of me. No, no, I mean, if you've got a balloon and a plane heading towards each other, of course you're going to shout bugger off. If you've got a plane entering your airspace, it's going, can we come into your airspace, please? Can we come into Yorkshire? We're full of strangers and non-Yorkshire types. What else are you going to shout? You're going to shout bugger off, aren't you? So is it a tonal system? How you shout it will direct people in different ways. Like if you wanted someone to go higher or left or right. You're overthinking it again. I don't care where they go. I don't care how high they are. Obviously, you won't be above a certain height. Otherwise, you'll smack into me milk crates and that'll be very unwelcome. But yeah, as long as you're buggering off, I don't care which way you're doing it. Fair enough. As long as it's not a Yorkshire plane. It's not a problem. Well, no, obviously not. It's a Yorkshire plane for the Yorkshire people. Come on. Well, actually, no, bugger off. All right, they've had the audacity to leave Yorkshire at some point, so why should they be allowed back in? We've just had that runway brushed. Yeah. Look at them lines. Look how crisp them lines are. We've had paint, proper paint put on that runway. That runway does look immaculate. Exactly, yes. And now you want to put your plane on it? No. No, you wouldn't want to be messing that up. It'd be a crime. It'd be a crime against the country 
against the government. So the main thrust of your job is to make sure that no one lands on your nice runway. And it does marvellous things for our safety figures. If it doesn't land here, it can't crash here. You see? All right. So you'll be getting your safety bonus at the end of the month. You're saving a lot on not having to ever repaint the runway. You're a boon to the economy, Ralph, I must say. You've seen it there, you see. Those bonus Swamp Mongol burgers will be mine. And when the planes eventually do run out of petrol and crash, it's salvage. Yes, and it's work for the emergency services. So you're saving money and creating work. This is like a, a turbine for the economy. Again, if you'll pardon the pun. Oh, oh, that was very clever. So, as a little treat, you said you were going to let me do a bit of air traffic control myself. So we've got a couple of windows we can look at. I can see the sky is thick with planes. So which ones do we want to bugger off the most? All of them. All of them? All of them. Do you not want to use the machine that goes ping? Oh, yes. As we walk towards it now, I can clearly hear that. That's a lovely ping, isn't it? It's hypnotic. I could stare at it for hours, but of course... There's no point, is there? No, but it's beautiful. It's got shouting to do. Yeah, we do have some shouting to do. Okay, so we're at the window now, and oh, I've just flicked this switch. And can you hear that? My is that my voice coming out of a, a speaker on the roof? Oh, hello! Is that coming out of the thing that goes around? I think it is. That's bloody loud. That is amplification. So we count down from three and just one big massive bugger off. Three, two, one. Oh, that. Ah, that was great. My ears are bleeding now. They are. Mine are too. Mine are too, but I must say. Sorry, what? You've made a dream come true for me. You've made an old radio presenter very happy, if slightly deaf now. Yeah, no, I can't hear a thing. I'm having to read your lips. I can't deny it. That's going to be it for now, but thank you very much for your time, Ralph, again. Thank you, and good night. Yo, what's up? You're listening to Free Yorkshire Radio. Thankfully, my hearing has now mostly returned, but unfortunately, Ralph's never did. So he's been transferred to the Public Transport Complaints Department. Okay, Gary, the arc reactor isn't sounding great, and I'm starting to see a few tears in reality near your booth. Is that a parallel universe version of you I can see poking his head through? Alright, very exciting. But can you stop high-fiving him for just a second and stabilise the reactor? Okay, we should have just enough power to finish the show and can now return to Beverly to hear some more from Mr. Gardenshed and Kevin. I asked them what sort of theatre company they see themselves as. We're very, we're a very, um, what's the, what's the word? A, 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 a post? Damp? No, we're not a damp post, no. Moist? No, not moist. Di- Kevin, shut up. I like being moist. Kevin. Sorry, sir. Yeah. We're more, more of a, a postmodern, post, 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 modern theatrical company. So although we have a basic premise around each of our productions, they have an aspect of surprise about them. Well, yes, if you don't know how the play is going to end, then the, the audience can't know how the play is going to end. I heard about the surprises at your latest production of Macbeth, 
which was, of course, about the lady called Beth who worked at McDonald's. The surprising end to that show was quite spectacular. I mean, the people who survived that said it was one of the most riveting things they'd ever seen. Kevin, would you like to tell them how that ended? I've had the counselling now, sir, so I think it's appropriate. We were doing really well. The lady in the Macbeth and the Macbeth and the lady were getting on really nicely. And then I had the accident with the gherkin, which was quite painful because of of where it landed. A high-velocity gherkin is not a pretty thing. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I, I blame myself because it had been out for a few months. And so when it hit me, I shouldn't have been surprised with how it took my ear away. So fortunately, as we're saying, I'm quite used to moisture and dampness. So as the dribbling started, I was quite familiar with it. But after a while, when it didn't stop, then we realised there was a bit of a situation. Because it cut your ear off, your whole sense of balance went. So you went spinning like a top which would have been fine if you hadn't been in the middle of the dagger scene. And of course, you didn't use prop daggers. It was real daggers. So once you started spinning with a dagger in your hand... It was like being in one of those Iron Maiden things, sir. It was just spinning around, falling into the daggers, and then the seeping just increased. The the amount of seepage that we gained in that performance has helped Kevin and I's allotments tenfold. So, you know, it it, it was a win-win-win turnip and seepage soup has been feeding this street for about three months. So you've performed all these plays with just the two of you performing all the roles. So, I mean, that's quite the challenge with the costume changes and you do all the scene changes yourself as well. Because we're a touring company, we don't necessarily know where we're going to pitch up. Mm -hmm. So we're more of a promenade company. So we continue the performance and the audience... Just follow us around. And therefore, the costume changes could happen anywhere. That's why you get a crowd following you, because they're waiting for the costume change. Especially with big Kevin there. He's been quite the draw, I believe. To be honest, I think it's it's more to do with the turnips. The, the free soup does a, attract people. So, yes, I, I, I wouldn't be as uh, important... I was going to say egocentric, but that was above my IQ. But it's important to say that they come for me. I think it's just the soup turnip surprise contains some of me is really the surprise. Yes, we don't tell people about what it contains of Kevin. We just tell them that it has some Kevin in it. Essence of Kevin. And that sets all of the audience quite mad. You are literally driving your audiences mad. I mean, that's like a five-star review, so you can't buy publicity like that. Well, I'm delighted to hear your tour's ongoing. There's a little treat, because I know that you're going to be doing Hamlet soon, which, of course, is the play about the small pig. And if we could just get a little snippet from that. We've been working on scene five, act two. So this is the point where Hamlet, who is a rabid cigar smoker has been working hard to get Ophelia off with him. Well, let's hear a little bit of the Shakespeare magic. Oh, oh, Ophelia, would you like to get Ophelia with me? Oh, actually, the way you just burn in the corner fires me up. And thy dad, mad though he is, can come to the wedding... But if he says anything off, Leah, I'll have him. 
That's right, we can just have the wedding, have a lovely time, and then obviously we can just stab him later. Excellent. What an amazing scene that is. It's truly a privilege to have experienced some of the magic of Willard Shakespeare. I look forward to coming to see you in person, and I encourage all of our listeners to do the same. Thank you very much again, Horatio Ebenezer Garden Shed, and of course, Kevin. Oh, thank you. Frankly, frankly, do you want some turnips now, Kevin? This is Free Yorkshire Radio. Okay, that art reactor is really sounding wonky now, and I'm seeing several more tears appearing. Gary seems to be in a group hug with two alternate universe versions of himself, and is not attending to his duties. Gary, time to say goodbye to your new friends and switch that reactor off. Yes, that one does look a bit like Andrew Garfield, and I suppose the other one does bear a passing resemblance to Tobey Maguire, but for goodness sake, switch the bloody thing off or we'll all end up looking like a damp sandman. Okay, I guess that's the end of another show. Cheerio, and until next time, may all your brews be strong, may all your puddings be fettled, and may all your swamp mongrels be radiation-free. Tara. Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, and this show featured Jed Quayle as Ralph Bogglethwaite, Duncan Marwick as Horatio Ebenezer Garden Shed, and Colin Pinks as Kevin. You can find out more about these wonderful improvisers in the information section of this podcast, and you can follow this podcast on Facebook at Free Yorks Radio. We'll be back next month. But if you enjoyed this, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate and review. Thanks.